Welcome to the bonus podcast. We're doing an encore series in the next few weeks, replaying the bonus podcasts from the past few years, which have grabbed people's attention and have generated lots of conversations and emails. We'd love to hear your questions and responses. Email us at bonus at northview.org. Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors at Northview Community Church. And before I introduce my guests, I thought I'd tell you where we are. We are in the basement of the Abbotsford campus. Northview has three campuses, Abbotsford, Mission, and now Port Coquitlam. Although Port Coquitlam hasn't yet started, we've adopted the campus and it will start sometime in the next six months to a year. So I am sitting with Crystal and Aaron. They're going to introduce themselves. Crystal, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Crystal, and I'm the pastor of women, and I alternate between here and mission generally in terms of Bible study teaching. I was there with the mission women last night, so it's great to be part of two campuses right now and then three in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, Aaron. And I'm Aaron Peters. I have um, been involved in ministry things on and off for most of my adult life, uh, including working overseas as a missionary to doing women's ministry and marriage ministries here in Canada and at Northview specifically. Um, some years back, I also did um, book review studying, critiquing Christian marriage books specifically, and seeing if they were had good content or not. So this is an exciting topic today for me. Yeah, Erin and her husband, Kevin, are involved in our pre-marriage ministries. Kevin was speaking last week on roles in marriage. It was really good. He's one of our elders, so that was a gift to our class. Okay, so we have a really interesting podcast today. At least I think so. I think we all think so. It's a podcast on how to discern Christian resources. So Crystal, can you explain a little bit more? So, uh, yeah, this is something that's kind of been a work in progress, something in, at the back of our minds for a while, because we have people coming to us all the time saying, I've heard about so-and-so and so-and-so, or I read this book, or I've watched this sermon. What do you guys think about it? Mm -hmm. and, so, so for me, I'll pitch in. Yeah. I have people all the time coming to meet with me, and they'll say, what about Joyce Meyer? What about Sarah Young? And they'll pull out the books. Right. Erin, you probably have people approaching you. Sure. They're, well, even for myself, you look at different leaders in Christian kind of community. There's Matt Chandler and Tim Keller, Jen Hatmaker, Rachel Held Evans. I don't mm -hmm. even know how to say her name. Um, and people swirl around their articles and their different podcast type things on yeah. Facebook or wherever. And you kind of look at it and wonder, okay, is everything great about what they're writing or speaking about even here at home our on our own campus we have to be smart you know and listen to our speakers and make sure that they're really um preaching from the word yeah because we don't want to unplug our brain we want to be discerning all the time no matter who we're listening to and the problem is there are so many things to watch and listen there are books and videos and articles and blogs and youtube things i mean it's just never ending it feels like yeah, and for people, we're glad when they ask us for our advice, but I cannot read every book in the <laughs> church library or every watch every video on Right Now Media or watch, right. go through every book at House of James yeah. or like there's just no physical way yeah. that any of us can be on top of every single thing. Right. And so that's why we thought we'd try and come up with something that would equip people to do that for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So we have in front of us, you can't see it, but we have a three-page document that Crystal has been working on with her team, with her leadership team. And she presented it 
well, only a few days ago at yeah. your women's leadership retreat. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, last year was the first time we did this, but what we like to do once a year is to get all the women who are involved in different leadership um, positions at Northview, kind of in that higher, like the large group teaching leadership role to come together. So we had about eight or 10 women who lead the precepts group came. We had a couple of women from Mission who lead the care groups and Bible studies out there, and then several people who lead the Monday uh, night and Wednesday morning studies here. So there's about, I think, 23 of us all together. Uh, together and we spent uh, the night Thursday night talking about the heart of a shepherd. So as we are shepherding people, what should our hearts mm-hmm. be? What should our posture be towards the people that we are leading? Mm-hmm. And then Friday morning, we spent the morning talking about this discernment piece that we're going to talk about here. And then we spent the afternoon talking about how we accept and evaluate criticism. So when people come to us with their mm-hmm. feedback, not necessarily negative, but when people come to us with feedback, how do we accept, how do we evaluate, how do we listen to our sheep? Yeah. So, so that part of your it. purpose was to equip your leaders to help the people under them to be discerning. Yeah. So we spent a good morning on that. And so, yeah, the, the piece that we're going to work through today has kind of gone through that grid of those people. I just sent it off to the rest of the pastoral staff just to say, what would you guys add or take away or change about mm-hmm. this? And uh, it will be a work in progress. There was a woman who attends Northview here who was an avid reader, and she sent me an email at the end of summer just talking about her forays to and from House of James, reading through different books and kind of coming to spots in different books where she's like, oh, I don't know if I can endorse this or agree with this mm-hmm. and trying to figure out herself how she could discern whether something's solid or not. Yeah. And uh, so I sent this to her too. And I said, you ask these questions. Why don't you now go through your books and tell me what I've missed on this grid? Like what other things do we need to be yeah. aware of? So it's yeah. a work in progress, but we'd be happy to email it to anyone who asks. Which gonna, website? Well, or email address. Email women at northview.org or bonus at northview.org. We'll send it out. And eventually, once we kind of have a bit of a finished product, we'll put it yeah. actually on the website that anyone could just download. Right. So it's just so you're very clear, this is not set in stone. This is something we are working on. And we're hoping that you as listeners will write down pieces of it and add to it. Mm-hmm. Because this would be helpful for us if you gave us feedback. Yeah. And we want to be really clear, too, that this is evaluating people who claim to be Christians. <clears throat> we're not evaluating non-Christian books here. We're not evaluating, um, yeah, non-Christian movies. Not we're fiction. Just, not fiction. We're just saying if somebody's writing a book and uh, wanting it to be advertised in a Christian sphere, how do we evaluate whether or not it's a trustworthy resource? Right. Whether it's truthful to the, what the Bible claims, those kind yeah. of things. So we're not examining motivational speakers that do not claim to be Christians. No, we're not talking about, yeah, the your real estate coach or your no. other people that just are trying to get, you know, good thoughts across. Yeah. My son was just at a student leadership conference in New Brunswick. Lots of great ideas, but no one was claiming there to be Christian. So you don't kind of no. have to filter to that same degree. Right, like you yeah. still want to say, is this a good idea or not? But you're not trying to filter whether or not it's actually in line with Scripture because they're not claiming to be in line with Scripture. Right. So we would think of things, if you go to Christian bookstores, if you go to our Christian Resource Center in our church, if you would go to a Christian website, that's the kind of thing that we're wanting to use this grid for. Yeah, because oftentimes people see the label Christian and they think, oh, this is safe. Yeah. And it's not necessarily safe. Like a Christian school isn't necessarily going to give you all the right teaching. Right. A youth group, that kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of lulls you into thinking, I don't need to do any homework here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can just, just put my guard down. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't want to ever put our guard down, as sad as that is. 
we want to always have our guard up just to make sure that we are evaluating what we're receiving. Okay, I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. I taught pre-marriage class last week, and I blew some of their minds on the same kind of topic. I said to them that actually you should not trust your partner 100%, and you should not trust yourself 100% because we are human and we are so capable of getting into sin. Uh, because that's often the argument that couples will use. Well, yeah. you didn't trust me. I thought you trusted me. I'm like, well, you shouldn't. <laughs> and when you come here to church or your church, any church you're a part of, you shouldn't totally trust the pastor. You should still have your brain on. You yeah. should still be in your Bible so that you know what they're speaking. You should evaluate how things are, what they're being said, and what the content is. We have to be smart. We have to be smart. Okay. So sorry about that. We just paused for a moment. Crystal was having a coughing attack. So she got some water and we're set to go. Okay, I was starting with this discernment grid or a worksheet, which we have in front of us, and you are very welcome to email us for your copy. It is an attempt to help you discern the truthfulness or trustworthiness of a Christian resource. And we talked about that before, books, magazines, articles, speakers, YouTube art things. And probably most helpful with uh, nonfiction. Yes. In terms of, we don't know quite how this will work with fiction. We need to think that through yet. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea if you would spend some time in prayer. And one verse you could pray is from Philippians 1, verse 9. It says, Paul is reading, uh, saying this, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the praise and glory of God. Hmm. And that's what we're basing this on. So the first part of this worksheet is basic identification. I'll read through the titles and then let's talk through it. Mm -hmm. So basic identification, we want to look at the resource, the date, the author or speaker, the endorsements, and then some further information on the author or the resource. So let's talk through this, Crystal. The resource. Well, we just want to have a name of what the sermon's called, what the book's called, just for our files so we know what we're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the date of when it was published or presented is important to know because people are all in process, right? And we change our ideas over time. So someone might have written something in 2008 that is questionable and they may be more solid now in 2016 or vice versa. It could be that in 2008 they were great on track and now they're not. So we need to be aware of the time that something was published. Mm -hmm. What about the author or the speaker? That's just a basic identification of who is the one, yeah, writing or speaking. Yeah. Yep. And a little bit more information on that. What would we look for? Oh, in terms of, yeah. So if we wanted to, one of the other steps was getting some background information on that author or speaker. So if you do a quick um, search, even Wikipedia, um, just with the author's mm-hmm. name, a speaker's name in it, you'll get basic biographical information. You'll know approximately how old they are, maybe what church they're affiliated with. Um, what denomination, uh, maybe some things if they're affiliated with a certain nonprofit organization. Yeah. All these little pieces give you kind of a picture of who that person is. Yeah. You kind of get a sense of, okay, who are they tied to? Yeah. So it's an important thing to know right. as you go into reading something. Like, are mm-hmm. they, yeah, what, what organizations are they part of? Mm-hmm. What about endorsements? So endorsements are like on the front, either the back of a book, you'll have somebody yeah. saying, you know, read this book for this reason or whatever, or um, sometimes it's in the front, they'll have a page or two of people who have given endorsements to the book. It's important to read through that and see who are the list of names that are saying this is trustworthy and, and valuable. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, if you do that over and over again, you'll see maybe certain groups of people uh, align themselves with certain types mm-hmm. of resources, right? Yeah, for sure. So. So what about some, Erin, some information on the resource? Where could we look at some reputable sites? 
to find that. Yes, there's some good filtering sites for us to make the job maybe a little bit easier, like um, <clears throat> Gospel Coalition, Tim Challey's book reviews, um, Christianity Today plugged in online mm-hmm. for movies and books and things, and um, the discerningreader.org. If you didn't catch that all, you can email us. Yeah. So that's just the first part of the basic identification, the resource, the date, the author or speaker, and the endorsements, a little more information around that. That's just your first foundational piece that you should all be looking at. I have a little question just pop in there. Mm -hmm. What about um, some of us in in our church are using Right Now Media? Oh, yeah. So would we use that as a full endorsement that something on there is scripturally sound? Not necessarily. Like we try to... um, kind of have a general feel of who gets in and who gets out in terms of the Northview feed, but we haven't watched every one of them. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't necessarily say all of them are fully endorsed. I would have you still have your guard up even watching right now media. Yeah. Okay. Like, for example, I can't read every marriage book or read, read every video, or watch every video on there. Mm-hmm. So there are some that I would endorse and some that I just don't know enough yet. Yeah. So we've recommended a few websites like Plugged In and Christianity Today and those ones in terms of whether they've done a book review on it. But I mean, they're not infallible either, right? right? So what you're basically trying to say is, what issues are people raising about the book? So if you look online at, at um, like the Gospel Coalition website and they have an article on this book or some of these other places, Tim Challies, what issues is he raising as saying this is problematic or this is encouraging or like what are the p- things that they're picking up on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to see whether you agree with them or not mm-hmm. as you go through it yourself. Okay. So once you've done that first part, the basic identification, then move on to part two, which is first impressions. Mm -hmm. So there are a few things to talk through here. I won't list them all to start with. But the first one is the prominence of scripture in the resource. Crystal, talk more about that. Um, Well, if something is claiming to be a Christian uh, book, but it seems to be mostly just the author's opinion, well, then it's you're kind of weighing whether or not that is actually the author's opinion is based on scripture or whether it's just somebody kind of telling their own ideas. And so I think it's a good thing to look at is how prominent is scripture in it? Are they kind of just tacking on scripture after the end of a whole chapter where they've explained something in their own words? Or are they saying, um, this is a scriptural idea, a scriptural passage and trying to explain it to you? It's a different emphasis, Mm -hmm. right? Are they trying to use scripture to endorse what they're saying? Or is scripture in the middle and they're just trying to explain it in a way that makes sense? Okay, Erin, what about the translations of scripture and resource? What are some recommended translations for studying? Okay, so we've got the ESV, which is what we're mostly using here at Northview. Which and is the English, English, English Standard, Standard Version. Version. The NIV, the NASB, and NAL, NLT, the oh. New Living Translation. So can you identify what those acronyms all stand for? Well, some of them. Uh, the New American Standard Yep. Bible would be NASB. That's the one I had as a child growing up, except it was the children's version. Yes. And um, and then there's the New King James. Yep. So those so would be respected translations. NLT is great. New Living Translation, yeah. great for reading. NIV, many of you are familiar with that, the New International Version. And there's New International Version, like Reader's Version for kids. So those are good versions. Yeah. So what yep. we want to say is there's, there's paraphrases like the Living Bible or like the Message um, that are... You know, the authors have tried to make it in, true to the intent of Scripture, but they're not claiming to be translations. They're saying they're paraphrases. Right. And so you don't want to use those as a teaching tool. No. It might be a good devotional tool. Sure. But you're not actually going to get word-for-word teaching on what the Scriptures are telling you. Mm-hmm. So if a resource is relying really heavily on translations of the message, well, it's not really as solid a teaching resource. Right. And Eugene Peterson would say the same thing, the yeah. man who put that one together. Yeah. yeah. So we've looked at the prominence of Scripture the translations that are used, and the third one is the attitude towards God in the resource. What do you mm. mean by that, Crystal? 
Um, it's important to have kind of an attitude towards God that is mirroring what people responded to God in the scriptures. So mm. when you see people in the scriptures um, talking about God, like you never see Paul talking about God disrespectfully or flippantly or, um, you know, With just disregard. kind of like, like my big daddy, like my boyfriend, like my, yeah. all these things, right? Like he has <laughs> a, a intimacy with God, but it's under this kind of umbrella of awe, of honor, of um, respect for God. And so if mm. you don't see that attitude within the book, then that book isn't really reflecting the values of scripture. So that'd be a red flag. It would be a red okay. flag. Yeah. Okay. So look for that. Look for how are they talking about God in this resource or okay. in the podcast or the movie or whatever you're watching. Okay. What about the next one you have listed here is attitudes towards the church in the resource. Yeah. So this is a dicey one these days. People kind of think it's cool to slam the church. We can be Christians and not be part of a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Christians aren't cool. We can follow God, and but we hate all of the Christians, or we think they're lame. Right, like spirituality is fine, yeah, but not Christianity. So yeah. very individualized, like yeah. me and God, and we're enough. Yeah, and everybody else is just kind of yeah, like I said, they're lame. And so we need to realize within Scripture, like Paul talks about the fact that Jesus died for the body of Christ, like the body, the body of Christ, His church is His bride. Right. He did all these things for us. He respects the church. He exp- he um, uses the church as his method of evangelism, of mm-hmm. his method of being the hands and feet in the world. And so, yes, we're imperfect. Yes, we don't do things correctly. But to slam the whole church is slamming the bride of Christ. And so we don't want to, if we see Bible church slamming yeah. in the resource, that's a bit of a flag. Like, wow, they're not respecting Christ's people. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the next title is the general tone of the book. What do you mean by that? So that's easy to see if you kind of read through a couple chapters. Like, does the book, uh, does a writer speak with humility or kind of haughtiness, superiority, right? Yeah. What kind of attitude is a writer bringing to the topic? Is he critical, he or she, divisive, or just really encouragement, affirming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to think Christians have to be wishy-washy and not be like firm on opinions and convictions, but how is that firmness or the conviction being demonstrated. demonstrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he calling other people out or is she calling other people out or just trying to you know, present a point humbly? Right. What about centrality of the gospel? That's the next, next title here on the list. Well, we know all kinds of motivational speakers that can give us reasons for doing things that have nothing to do with Jesus Christ's life, death, resurrection, and they might be good things to do. But in a Christian setting, that should be kind of our motivator right? It should be why we do things. It should be the reason behind uh, the moral imperatives that we give people, like the yeah. way that they should live because mm-hmm. of what Christ did for you, the way you forget, the way you forgive because Christ has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see any of that kind of talk about who Jesus is, his life, death, resurrection as kind of our motivator, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to kind of grab other things outside. Yeah. Like maybe you should just try and be a good person. Maybe you should just be a, yeah, a good human being, like a humanist kind yeah. of perspective. Good for your health. Good for, yeah. yeah. Which is not necessarily wrong. Right. Like I said, I've been to some of my husband's real estate conferences and Trevor's student leadership, and it's not bad ideas, but it's not Christian ideas. Yeah. So on this worksheet, if you're following along or writing notes, we've done the prominence of scripture and resource, the translations of the scripture in that resource, the attitude towards God, the attitude towards the church, the general tone of the book, the centrality of the gospel, and the last one is the gut check. Okay, Erin, talk about this a little bit. Well, sometimes you'll pick up a resource or you start watching something and you just just know like they're 
it's it's off base somehow or there's something about it just doesn't quite fit. Yeah. And it might not be one of those specific ones. But yeah. you just you just know. So we've encouraged people to just write it down if something mm-hmm. feels off. Yeah. And it might it be subtly one of those things we've just mentioned, but at first glance you might not be able to identify that, right? right. So that those two things are enough for people to have a good handle on the resource. But if you want to go deeper, we have some more for you. Yeah, and some people might just stop there and say, you know what, that's all I have time for. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go deeper on this. And if they've kind of had a few gut check things they want to check with Thalia or myself or somebody else, another pastor or something, to process, that's fine. But if you want to go deeper, we wanted to give you some other pieces. Okay, so if you're following along, this is part three, digging deeper. What should we do in this section, Crystal? So in this section, what I have is a table. And again, if you want this, you can email and ask us for it. But we're basically wanting people to look at whether the Bible is being accurately quoted and explained in it. Because people can say, well, that's a Bible verse. It's there. um, So it must be Christian. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the Bible verse is being quoted accurately. So I was in a Bible exegesis class that I'm taking at Regent. And my prof showed us on the wall, or she showed us a picture of a plaque on a wall. And it said, if you bow down or if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. And it's put on the Bible, you know, as a Bible quote on the wall, not really knowing, like someone that just saw that wouldn't necessarily know that that was Satan's words to Jesus in the temptation. Like, So say that again. Say that verse again. If you worship me, I will give you all the nations of the world. So it sounds good on the surface. It sounds really good. Like, oh, if I worship God, I will be kind of... And it sounds like an evangelistic kind of ra-hoo-ha kind of a verse, right? Yeah. Like, go yeah. and make the nations. Yeah. They're yours. But it's really Satan's it's wrong. words. Yeah, and so you don't want to have that as a plaque hanging no. on your wall. <laughs> but if we awesome. don't see what the context of a verse is, then we don't necessarily know what the meaning is behind it. Right. So you have here on this table, you have on the very left-hand column, you have to list the scripture verses quoted, if you're listening to something. Yeah. The middle one says, what does the author or speaker use the scripture verse for? What did they say it means? And the third column is read the scripture verse in its context. Read the whole chapter or the section when it's found. And what is the original author trying to communicate? This is just like what we do on Wednesday mornings or Monday nights of Bible study. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're taking something and you're just looking at everything around it and what it's where it's fitting in the context. Yeah. Because we listen to, as a group of women leaders, we listen to a podcast where uh, a woman pastor was speaking and she was using scripture verses it was a sermon yeah she was using scripture verses all over the place we were madly jotting them down they were just pouring out of her mouth but many of them we recognize already as being in the wrong context Mm -hmm. so a good thing to do would be to pause it at a few points and go Mm -hmm. and research that scripture because she is a very charismatic speaker very interesting very engaging until you realize that oh my goodness lightning might strike because that was not used correctly it sounded good, though. Yeah, because she was trying to pump us up to kind of follow our dreams. And so she was quoting this verse from Genesis 11 saying that nothing is impossible with people, saying this is a great thing. God says nothing's impossible with you. But when you look at it in the context, it's actually God's judgment on the Tower of Babel saying, like, we're going to confuse these people because they're just arrogant and they think nothing's right. impossible for them. Right. And so that is not a positive pump you up kind of verse. No. But she was using it that way in the sermon. And yeah. many more like it. Like, yeah. It's very amazing to we, watch. We stopped that many times and yeah. looked up things, hey? Yeah. Yeah. So it's simple to just, yeah, write down the scripture verses because most people say where they're quoting it from. Yeah. 
and then just say, does it actually mean what they're saying it means? Mm -hmm. Well, you just said most people say where they got it from. And I think that would be one signal right there at the first glance page. Um, If somebody is just pulling one verse out of the Bible and speaking on that, and they're not giving the address and they're not giving any of the context around it, that is a a little flag right there, at least an amber-colored one. Yeah. We went once to a church. I won't name Mm -hmm. the town. Yep. Um, my family and I, and we went to this church and we sat there and the pastor, when he spoke, did not open any form of a Bible, not his phone, not his iPad, not an actual paper Bible. It wasn't on the screen. He spoke just from the air. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know where he was speaking from. There was no reference given. And I'm trying madly to rack in my brain, where could this possibly be from? Right. And I'm trying to find it, you know. And later on, when we talked with our kids, that was a huge discernment. He didn't even open the Bible. It was like a discussion piece. We need to have our flags going up all over the place when people use scripture inappropriately or they don't open it at all. Mm-hmm. What what are they doing? There's some really gifted speakers yes. that can make any verse that's actually taken from the Bible sound really great for whatever they're trying to propose yeah. and get their audience to engage with. But yeah. it might not be at all in context or anything that's really meat and potatoes, proper Christian no. training, right? No. Okay. So part of this digging deeper is we want to understand Scripture. Well, we want to understand the core beliefs Hmm. of of Scripture. So Crystal, can you walk us through that a little bit more? Yeah, so what I wanted to do is if something kind of is checking out in terms of your basic identification, people aren't raising a lot of red flags and has a generally good tone and the context is, you know, using things in Scripture or in context— I want to say, does it also kind of match up with what historically Christians have believed? Mm -hmm. Because that's something we need to be aware of as well. And so what I tried to do in this section, I went actually through our Northview Confession of Faith, Mm. and I picked out some of the big pieces. I didn't put things like adult baptism in here because I know there's good Christians that believe in infant baptism and good they each have different reasons for it, but that's not a a Christian versus non-Christian thing. That's not a close-handed issue. You're talking about the absolutes of the faith. What do you have to believe in order to actually be a true Christian? Yeah. And so that's what I tried to have on here. So mm-hmm. there might be things that um, someone might argue should be in here, but I've tried to say these are the main things. So it's basically things like the character of God, that God is one, eternally existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then I have descriptions of who God the Father is, who Jesus yeah. Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is. And then it's about the inspiration of Scripture, that all Scripture, both Old and New Testaments, are inspired by God, as men of God are moved by the Holy Spirit, and that the Bible is true in all that it affirms, that the Bible Mm -hmm. is clear, can be understood, the Bible is necessary for us to know God, the Bible is sufficient, contains everything we need to know Mm -hmm. for life and godliness. So those are the two main things about the character Mm -hmm. of God and the character of His Word. Yeah, yeah. And then from there on, I went on to different things about the fact that we are created in God's image, but that we have sinned that our minds are clouded by sin, all these things. So there's about six or seven other ones that are kind of main core beliefs. And I basically just wanted to debunk some of the things that will say, you know what, if you're just a good person, you're going to get into heaven. Right. Like those kind of ideas that are just outside of the Christian boundaries. Mm-hmm. What are the main kind of core beliefs that we need to hold to if we're going to actually repent and believe the gospel? Yeah, that's important. So what's the end goal here, Crystal? What's the end result for a worksheet like this? What are you hoping will happen? Well, I think for all of us, we'll know whether or not we can give two thumbs up to a book or not, or right. a resource or not. We mm-hmm. want to know how safe something is. Yeah. And so for me, it's actually important to read stuff that is 
um, that would not be that would be red flags in all these categories. It's important for me to know um, what's out there, what's out there, so that I can refute it or warn people about it or those mm-hmm. kind of things. But not everybody. It's not good for everybody to read that. You don't want to give that to somebody who just became a Christian last week. Yeah. And so as mature believers, we want to be able to tell, you know, to know what we can fully endorse to somebody right. and what we might want to say, well, you know what? I kind of had a few red flags about that one. This yeah. is what I like. This is what I don't like. And we might give that to friends or people that are kind of maybe as far along on the Christian walk as we are, but maybe not to somebody who's um, further behind mm-hmm. or just it newer feel, at it. Doesn't it feel awful when you give a resource, which I have done in the past. Yeah. I gave yeah. like a book at Christmas, yeah. but I hadn't read it. I just thought I'd heard about it and it sounded good and it was a good Christmas gift. And then later you're like, oh, I, I know. shouldn't have given that. Yeah, because you feel like yeah. you're kind of complicit oh, and you've awful. endorsed it and yeah. it's not really good. Right. So just know that if your Christmas is coming up, if you want to give somebody a book, a Christian book of any sort, make sure you've done your homework. Right. Yeah. yeah. So or had somebody else do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the idea, to know how fully we can endorse something. So as pastors, we just read Tim Keller's book on prayer, which is a fantastic book. And I would yeah. give that like Ten full endorsement. Up. Like mm-hmm. I would give it to anybody. Absolutely. Hmm. There's other books that I've read where I thought, you know what, there's some helpful stuff in here, but... Like chapter two and chapter 12, and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) And so we hope by going through these four kind of categories of the basic identification, uh, the the first impressions, and then the context, and then the doctrine, that kind of gives you four options to say yes or no if there's red flags, right? So if you have four four columns or four categories where there's no red flags, then endorse it. Mm -hmm. If maybe three out of the four, there's no red flags, or two out of the four, there's no red flags, and maybe you could say, you know what, I could endorse it in this situation, or I could give it to this person. Mm -hmm. But if there's red flags in all of them, then you think, well, I think we should just leave that one alone. So what do you want us not to do? If we reject the book on a variety of categories, how should we not respond? Yeah, so that... Uh, it can get pretty dicey and mean and nasty in Christian circles. And we don't want to be those kind of people. No, uh, I've been horrified online sometimes just to see people just refuting each other's work and the way they do it. Do it very harshly, very meanly, very kind of poking at somebody's name, their character mm-hmm. themselves, rather than saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I don't agree with this point. I would prefer to have it this way, um, but not slamming somebody yeah. personally. And so I would say, even if I reject a book, I'd say to somebody, uh, the reason I don't recommend this book is because of this piece of doctrine that doesn't line up or because this scripture is taken out of context or for a specific reason, which means you have to do your homework, which puts an onus back on you to know why you're rejecting it. But I think it's only fair and it's only Christian. Yeah. And just to pray for that person and pray for ourselves because we're all growing in discernment. We we don't want to sit on a high horse thinking we know it all either. But just, you know, say, I can't agree with that right now, or I can't, in my understanding, it doesn't line up. Yeah. And this is the specific reason why. We have to remember that everybody's in process. Yeah. And that even some of the speakers you don't agree with now might be different in 10 years. So we have to be very careful that we don't slam their character and their reputation. Take a humble stance. Yeah. A kind stance. We've, Crystal and I have read things um, against different doctrines, um, against, and we are just completely amazed. And we thought... If you were in our church for six months or a year, you might think differently on that particular issue. But to critique from the outside without knowing what's going on here inside of our church, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't want to model that to other people. No. As people who are discerning, we still want to be, yeah, model empathy and compassion and, mm-hmm. and just pointing people towards the truth. 
Yeah, and there are so many good resources. Yeah. If you are looking for great resources, we have some for you. You don't have to go through all the muck if you don't want to. No. Uh, throughout this whole process, like we've described the process, but like we said, at the bottom of every page, I said, if this is all you can do and you still have some mm -hmm. gut checks, feel free to talk to us. So it's yeah. not like you feel like you have to do all this hard work. No. If it's something you just can't do right now because of the muck that you're involved in or yeah. your own time limitations. But we have so many, there's so many things that we could watch or read. Yeah. And if we're wanting to actually be learning something, and that's the purpose of reading your book or watching that particular video, you want to be making sure that what you're reading and absorbing is good stuff yeah. with your limited time. Yeah, so you know. might as well do this little five minute, 10 minute, whatever, whatever you've got time for this check. Yeah. And, uh, and if and not, see. email Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My workload just goes up. <laughs> Crystal, would you close so, us off in prayer? Sure. Lord, I thank you for the many people who want to communicate your gospel message in different ways. I thank you for people who've been called by you to speak, to lead, uh, to write books. We thank you, Lord, that you, uh, your Holy Spirit is still inspiring us through your words of scripture to apply your scripture to our lives. Um, and so, Lord, we just thank you that there are people who love you and uh, want to teach others how to follow you. So we pray, Father, for all of us as we discern uh, the resources that are out there, as we listen to people speaking, as we listen uh, to people teaching and read books uh, published by people, Lord, that you would just give us your um, eyes to see truth and untruth. Uh, Lord, that you would give us discerning minds and discerning thoughts. Lord, that our minds would be conformed to you so that we would be able to understand what is good and true and beautiful, mm -hmm. as we read in Philippians 1 there, Lord. So, Father, we just pray uh, for your spirit to lead and guide us in all these situations. Pray, Father, for our character, that as we evaluate things, that we would still see people in light of uh, eternity, in light of your love for them. Um, and that we would be gracious and compassionate and kind uh, to people who may disagree or think differently about uh, all these things. So, Lord, may we be people who represent you in our character as well as in our, in our minds and our thinking. Yeah. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus, and ask for your blessing on us and just for your guidance over our lives. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Amen.